Hey there, and welcome to episode two of the show. Thank you so much for each and every one of you that decide to listen in to episode one, and for any of you that decide to listen to the show from this point onwards. Um, yeah, first and foremost, let's get the, the obvious stuff out of the way. The different ways in which now you can watch the show is through YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public or Google. So there's a few ways in which now you can actually tune into the show. I'm thinking of probably uh, getting a small website or something up and running for the show so it becomes a little bit easier rather than me just listing off the different ways of watching just to, I don't know, maybe go to like a... Uh, a one-stop destination website for it and then you can obviously choose your own place to listen into from that point onwards um, but yeah it's available on different formats I've applied to go onto iTunes uh, for their podcast thing I obviously use Anchor to get my podcast out there there's a lot of different ways of doing it like I've uh, obviously done a little bit of research into it I don't want to bore people with um, just talking about the show but I always like to you know, update you guys on what's coming or what I've got planned or what I'm working on. Um, I'm looking obviously at making a website and in turn making maybe like a small little logo, something to make it a little bit more presentable, a little bit more enjoyable for you and for me. Because uh, I want to make it look as good as it possibly can. I'm looking into doing that. But again, there's no sort of budget for this. It's just uh, something that I've decided to do and over the course of time, I hope to improve upon it and make it better and get better equipment and samples and, and what have you. Uh, yeah, getting music, getting stuff like that to play in the background. I know that there's certain things that I can do with Anchor to make it a little bit more presentable. So in this episode, I may decide to play around with that because I'm recording this episode of the show a little bit differently. So hopefully it comes out well and hopefully it has a, a better feel to it. Uh, but you guys need to let me know as well, and the best way to do it really is through Twitter or on the on the YouTube page uh, and just drop a comment or drop me a direct message and let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like about it, how you think it may be better improved upon. Uh, yeah, I like taking on the feedback. Obviously, it's something I want to do, so I want to give it my personal feel, but as well, you guys have to listen to it or watch it on YouTube or what have you, so again, it needs to be uh something pleasing on both fronts you know so i think that's something to um to take into account and the general feel of this podcast it's meant to be relaxed like you know sometimes yeah there there are going to be certain topics that are going to get i guess me as a host uh more worked up than others or we'll have fun with it and just have a good time yeah but the general feel is it's meant to be casual it's meant to be relaxed we're meant to have a discussion or a chat about what we're talking about here. And uh, yeah, I give my two cents on what I feel. And that's the general mood that I try to capture with the show. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it for anyone out there that listens. So far, like I say, the feedback's been really good. And again, how I like to present the show, I guess, is more in, in line with um, kind of like a radio show, like a talk radio show. Not so much a podcast, because I've listened to other podcasts in the past, and I just... Uh, I don't know, like I just I don't get into it as much. Like so for me, when I've talked about, you know, Howard Stern and Joe Rogan, that kind of relaxed vibe, certainly on Joe Rogan's part, and the more professional entertaining side, I guess, more of a Howard Stern. That's kind of what I try to look for. Obviously, I don't have any guests or anyone at this time. It's just me talking into a microphone and talking about what I want to talk about. So 
on that side of it, it's kind of difficult. Hopefully I'll get some people on or I'll get to talk to someone or, <laughs> or you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens in the future, but we're obviously only ep uh, two episodes in. So let's not run before we can walk. So uh, let's get on with the show. Okay, so first and foremost, let's kick off episode two of the show. We're going to talk about COVID, right? We're going to talk about what's going on in the world because it's the hot topic. You know, there's a lot of hot topics at the minute, but one of them and the one that dominates it every single day for all of us is COVID, right? Talking about coronavirus, COVID-19 and what's been going on with COVID. Uh, obviously, there's a lot, you know, we're now in tier four lockdown, um, it's not great. It's not a great situation to be in, right? You know, there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of worry. Uh, people are worried every single day. Like for me, I'm recording this podcast on a Tuesday. It's my first day off in six days. And when I go back into work tomorrow, I'm back in work for another six days because I'm covering somebody else's uh, workload. So whatever it is, what it is, uh, you guys already know that I work currently as a baker. And um, for the most part, I'm pretty much cut off from most people but I still work with the public so it's not uh yeah it's not great and I understand what people's concerns are about COVID and the coronavirus and trying to keep as safe as possible you know because potentially myself I can only speak for myself on this I come into contact with you know a lot of the general public and obviously you're kind of taking it on their say so that they're okay and they haven't got anything right um but the first thing I really want to talk about with COVID in general is mental health. Um, you know, I know people that suffer with their mental health. Um, you know, it's a subject that's quite close to me. And um, I think, you know, when people talk about COVID, you know, how, what do we do? Do we lock down the country? Do we shut everything off? Um, I think it's a very touchy subject because I think it's very... To make a snap decision and just say, Joe, well, let's shut everything down. I, I guess that's, you know, probably the best way of dealing with it, right? Let's just shut everything down. But you kind of have to take into account that people do suffer with their mental health and uh, and, and their physical health. But with mental health, um, you know, people like to go to the gym or they like to go to the park or they like to exercise or they, or they like to socialize for that brief amount of time that they're at, right? You know, I know people that go to a gym and they go to work out, they go to get fit, but they also go for that yeah, the social interaction of speaking to other people and it's important to them. It keeps them active, it keeps their mind active, you know, because when they go home, they might not have anyone, they might not have any family, they might not have any close friends, they might have nothing. So you kind of have to look at it from that point of view. And I think sometimes, for a lot of the time actually, that aspect has been ignored. It's true that the government have brought it up time and time again about mental health, but really and truly, I don't see what they've done to action um, anything for anyone that suffers with mental health. It's kind of sometimes thrown to the wayside. And honestly, for me, I always look at mental health as an important topic. It really is because there are so many people out there suffering with their mental health. And, you know, <laughs> I think it's what, October, they have like mental health week. And it's like, you know, Mental health isn't exclusive to a week. It's exclusive all year round. People need to discuss this more openly. And people are suffering because they have literally become secluded in their own world. Like if they live in a flat or a house, wherever they live, that's all they have is those four walls and that's it. 
They don't have the social interaction outside anymore. They can't talk to anyone. Yeah, you could argue that, um, well, they could make a phone call or talk to someone over the phone, and that's true. But for some people, that's not an option. Some people don't function that way. Some people, uh, when they go out to the shops, when they go to the gym, when they go out, uh, for that, like I said, for that little brief moment of time, that's their social interaction, and that's and that's what benefits them, and that's what helps them. Not all things are the same for each and every single person on the planet. And I think, uh, I think mental health it's going to stretch out way further than people that just have it now. I think, um, and we'll talk about it during this little COVID talk as well. There was an episode that came on TV on BBC. Um, and again, I'm not really a big fan of the BBC, but we watched an episode of Casualty, me and my uh, fiance, and it was the the episode about about COVID, right? And it heavily focused on the lockdown period and what was going on, but it also focused upon a couple of, a couple of interesting points where they turned around and basically said that the NHS is on its knees; it's struggling already. Look at it now. That's true. I mean, if you look at the NHS, it wasn't in great shape before COVID. It certainly isn't in a great place now and um i just looked at it as well i mean i looked at it from that perspective obviously that's how the episode was written but i also looked at it from the perspective that for every one of us that are out there at the minute and for people that are suffering with mental health right now i kind of looked at it in the same perspective that doctors and nurses are going to suffer from i believe some form of ptsd and the reason I say this is because the episode kind of heavily featured upon the fact that look, doctors and nurses that are passionate about their job and love their job are there to help people. They're there to help heal people and try and save people. That's their job, right? But that episode really focused more upon the fact that, you know what, you can't save everyone. You can't do it. And there were people just dying. You know, uh, generally speaking, normally they would have been able to help. And um, obviously one of the characters passed away in that show, one, they're one of the more prominent characters. And it was sad. It was very sad. I just can't help but feel that as we maybe, um, as people become vaccinated, as people, as like the COVID hysteria maybe um, starts to settle down in the future, um, I do often wonder that will um, doctors and nurses really struggle to cope because uh their job obviously is to try and help and save people but um with the amount of people that are dying if you believe the numbers that are out there with the amount of people that are dying you have to feel that it's going to affect them affect their confidence to do their job but also just affect their mental psyche you know that perhaps um they will struggle to go on with their job you know like maybe they'll they'll have some form of uh ptsd you know, I'm just saying, because uh, military people, they'll come home from a war, from a battle zone, and it, and it messes with their mind, it fucks them up. And you kind of have to feel that for doctors and nurses that are, are so passionate about their job and, and love their job and love to help people, you do kind of wonder, will it have the same effect on them? I do wonder about that. Um, and that, you know, it leads in to about the government. A lot of people are looking to the government for answers. Why aren't they doing more? Why aren't they putting more doctors and nurses out there? And I think it's just a case where they're not able to. You know, you put yourself in this situation. Some people are saying, why don't we train people up to be doctors and nurses? And that's a fair point. Um, a lot of doctors, uh, when they get trained here, they go abroad. 
They just do because the money's better, the location's better. So why, why would you stay here, right? Now, with nurses and that, um, a lot of nurses that come into hospitals, it seems more often than not are contracted to another company. So why aren't we training up nurses in this country? We we're able to, we should be able to, right? But at this point in time, who wants to be a nurse? Who wants to be a doctor with COVID-19? Who wants that responsibility when the pay isn't great? And the, you know, with any job in life, you always measure up the risk and reward factor, right? And at the minute, the risk is so great. What's really the reward to being a nurse? What? Why would you want to do that to yourself, right? So I think the government could do more. I think that's a fair point. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Does anyone want to be a nurse right now? Does anyone really want to be a doctor right now? Does anyone want to do that training to do that? I don't, I don't know. Um, but it does lead me into another point about nurseries. Nurseries are currently open and I just don't get this. I don't get this logic. You know, secondary schools have shut, primary schools are shut, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the schools have shut and that's fine. It has put a strain on parents. You know, myself and my fiance, we have a little girl, and uh, we're fortunate enough that we're able to deal with that situation. But there are a lot of people that don't. And um, you know, our daughter, she's she's doing okay. She's very smart. She's very well educated already. So she just knuckles down and gets on with things. But there are a lot of single parents out there that don't have that support bubble. That don't have the support out there to simply go to work if they have to go to work and drop their kid off with someone they don't have that and um i think with nursery staying open specifically you know, I, i've never really understood it because if most people are staying home to work if most people are being furloughed i don't get the whole thing about nurseries need needing to be open i know the argument will be made but all key workers need it right if they go if doctors and that they need it but also you, you kind of have to feel if you're a doctor or a nurse, you must surely have someone within your family or your support bubble that could look after your children so you can go to work. Um, if not, and I'm sure there are people that just don't, and that's fine, then really that yeah, you have to look at those people individually and say those people need to be furloughed and stay at home with their children. Because for me, nurseries need to shut, and they need to shut because you are putting staff members at risk they come into contact with multiple uh, amounts of children you know let's say if one nursery has 50 children in them how many how many different families are you coming into contact with you know potentially the risk is great because we know that children can carry the virus they may not necessarily have it but they can carry it and if they're carriers and they pass it on to nursery staff and they go home to their families and they have a particularly larger family or perhaps they see someone in their support bubble that's how this thing keeps carrying on it's never going to stop unless they take the action that's needed in my opinion and shut the nurseries the only things that should really be open in my opinion are hospitals doctor surgeries and supermarkets for essential shopping um or you know shops that sell essentials you know it's it's that simple. Yeah, you know, there's no reason for nurseries to stay open at this point. I I think that you know the case has been made on TV a few times and they kind of gloss over it, but I do feel that nurseries need to need to shut. Um again, yeah, you know, the vaccine is now out there. We now have the Oxford vaccination approved. 
as well as the visor one. There's there's three different types of um vaccination out there. Myself, I'm not I'm just not for the vaccination right now. I think if I was gonna get it, I would lean towards more of the Oxford one. I really don't want the visor one. The Pfizer one from America, I don't want it. There's so many horror stories about that one and I just I don't know. I'm still very dubious about it in general, about the vaccination. I kind of have the uh the stance really that you know the common cold, common flu, you know, heart, COPD, etc. 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 We have nothing for that really. Yeah, we have a flu jab, we ha we have that, but never once has anyone really um made any kind of significant progress with it and made a cure, right? And obviously the COVID-19 vaccination is just a vaccination. It's not a cure. It doesn't make you bulletproof. You can still get it regardless. But it just amazes me that in a year that they've been able to get this vaccination. And it just, I don't know. It, there's a lot that you read into it. And there's a lot that we will cover, I'm, I'm sure, in the coming weeks about COVID and vaccinations and what have you. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about the vaccination um yeah believe what you want to believe we will talk about it in the future but i just i'm not for the vaccination right now i'm I'm gonna wait and see um what happens when people start to have the oxford vaccination really i mean I, i've worked through all of covid last year i'm totally fine i haven't i've never had covid and uh i'm 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 thankful for that you know i know people that have had covid so i know how how shitty that can be but yeah, I don't know, it's it's a weird one. But let me know. Yeah, you know, let me know. Uh you know, either tweet at me or drop a comment on the YouTube video and let me know. Like, are you gonna get that vaccination? Do you want it? The thing that has irked me, I think, for the longest part with COVID is travel. Yeah, you know, the fact that travel has been open for so so long. You'd have thought that us being a little island, the UK, we'd have shut down the tunnel, we'd have shut down travel within that two-week period, the initial two-week period when it was getting really bad uh, last year, and just stopped travel altogether. And I saw ridiculous things last year where they were saying that we need um, foreign help from Romania and European, Eastern European countries to pick strawberries. And it was ludicrous to me, and it was ludicrous to other people. They was like, what, British people can't pick strawberries? They can't pick fruit? And what it really boiled down to, whether they like to admit it or not, is they wanted to pay cheap labour to pick strawberries. They didn't want to pay pay a real wage to do this job. And that's what it really come down to. And they was making all the excuses under the sun why they needed Eastern European workers to come into the country. And it was just bullshit. It's total bullshit. Um, doesn't matter what anyone says. And look, I'm not against um, anyone from another country coming in to work in the UK. I'm just saying, though, if you do you should be expecting to get a proper wage. You should be paid the right amount of money. That's what I'm saying. I just thought it was bullshit. But um, look, and those companies continue to get away with that. Don't, like the different farms and companies that do that. There's so many out there that get away with paying um, such a low wage. It's basically slave labour in the end because they're paying next to nothing for these people to work. And um, yeah, it never made any sense to me though for traveling to remain open. And the only good thing that's come along recently is that people need to test negative before they enter the UK. But what baffles me is it's taken all this time for that to happen. Um, there's other countries that have done it and you know that they test people before they enter the country. And 
you just have to really question why it's taken all that amount of time for that to be a thing. That should have been a thing, you know, from the very start. That if you're entering this country, you have to take a test. Or, you know, originally it was you had to self-isolate, right? But when they had the, the testing procedure there, then it should have been, now you take a test. If you come up negative, you're free to enter the country and go about your business, you know. Um, and again, the government keep talking about how they want to reduce the impact of coronavirus, but this is the same government that do happily allow immigrants to enter the country illegally, and they keep them here. It's well documented that it happens. And look, again, I am not against immigrants coming into a country. I'm just not. I'm all about it. Like, you know, I, I hope to one day leave the UK myself. I myself would become an immigrant. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to leave one country to go to another country. But we're talking about illegal immigrants here that don't get tested, that do come into the country and potentially are infecting more of the population. It's It's such a... It's such an amazing thing to me that they allow these things to happen. And look, you can't stop them all. But um, yeah, when it's so documented what's going on and when they themselves, the government, are under uh, under such scrutiny and under the microscope right now, you just kind of question why they're not doing more. But I think this also leads into when you listen about COVID and coronavirus and on the internet or on the, on the TV or on the radio, wherever you like to get your news, you got to be careful which news you're believing in because there are some real uh, Frankenstein horror stories out there that are just so over the top and so over over proportionate in what they're reporting. So you kind of have to really gauge in what news you believe in and what you choose to listen to. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm here to tell you, do your own research. Um, really, if you're interested in COVID, and you should be, uh, research it yourself, research the information that's out there. There's a lot of information out there about vaccines and COVID and, and the spread and the amount of people that are infected and the amount of numbers that are dying. Um, some of it is real misinformation. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I just say be careful who you choose to listen to and who you choose to believe. I'm not here to tell you to believe in me. I'm just giving my two cents on it. Um yeah, they're now also talking about issuing fines for not wearing masks. And I think if you're in a supermarket or in a hospital, or, yes, of that nature, I think, yeah, that's kind of fine because they remind you over and over again, like, please wear a mask unless you're exempt, which is fine. Um, if you're exempt from wearing a mask, that's totally fine. Um, I, I don't see the, the, the sticky issue here. And it's on the news and it's been on the news today about wearing masks is there is no actual law that says you have to wear a mask. It's just not. Yeah, I see it more, I do it, and it's more out of common courtesy. Yeah, you don't want to scare the bejesus out of someone because you're not wearing a mask. But at the same time, there is literally no law that says you have to wear one. And I guess if you're ever stopped by a police officer and you're not wearing one, you could just simply turn around and say, well, I'm exempt. And they have no right to ask you why you're exempt. They don't have that power to do that. At least not right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. The whole uh, issuing fines for not wearing a mask is a bit of a sticky one. Because really, I don't think that holds up in a court of law. The The whole wearing a mask thing is a guideline from the government. And, and truly, I don't really see what wearing a mask is going to do for you. Especially when they tell you that, um, you know, wearing a mask really wants to do 
jack shit really it's not going to do much for you but if you do have it obviously if you cough you're not going to potentially spread it on to someone else um but going back to the earlier point the nhs right now it is struggling it is doing it is doing bad there's no two ways about it like you you and you read both um both kind of ends of the, the spectrum that some people are saying that you're being lied to about the NHS, some people saying that you're not being told the full, the full truth. I think it's kind of um, ifs and buts about the NHS, but I, I do think they're struggling. I do think we do have to do all that we can do to reduce the impact on the NHS, but um, at the same time, you kind of feel that, yeah, we're, we're one of the richest nations in the world, and yet when it comes when it comes to the crunch, you know, when it comes to the past, we wasn't in a war effort this time. We was we was fighting a virus, and we failed miserably. And our NHS was just not equipped to deal with it. It just isn't, and it shows how badly funded the NHS really is in terms of equipment and nursing staff that really want to help and doctors. Because when you look at it, man, we was uh, we was re we just weren't prepared for it. We just wasn't, and it's it is sad. It is really really sad. But we're gonna take a break, and then when we come back, we're gonna be talking about Donald Trump. Okay, so we're back, and we're talking about Donald Trump. As we know, Donald Trump will not be serving a second term as the president of the United States of America. He has lost. Um, now, whether he lost fair and square, some people believe that Donald Trump was cheated. Uh, that Joe Biden or Joe Biden supporters rigged the election in favour of Joe Biden. And um, there are certainly videos and pictures to um, suggest that may be true. I don't know which side you fall on it. Do you think Donald Trump was cheated? Do you think uh, Joe Biden won fair and square? Uh, feel free to you know, tell me in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Or you can again send me a, a direct tweet to it on uh chaps 2311 on twitter um for me i think when we look at donald trump you know did he lose fair and square it's kind of hard to believe that he did and the reason i say this is because donald trump secured you know so many more votes than last time and joe biden to win secured a record amount of votes more so than barack obama and i kind of refuse to believe that Joe Biden is a more popular and powerful candidate than Barack Obama. That being said, you know, funny things can happen in election time. No one thought Donald Trump would beat Hillary Clinton, you know, last time. So, you know, anything can happen when it comes down to politics. You know, and the example in this country is that when we voted to leave Europe, uh, a lot of people thought there's no way that people will vote to leave, that... Yeah, we would remain in Europe and it would be fine. And it backfired heavily uh, at that time on David Cameron and the Conservative Party. And uh, you kind of feel that, yeah, anything in politics can happen. And, yeah, the, the bottom line is Trump will be leaving the White House very, very soon. And uh, he will no longer be the president. And we make way for Joe Biden. But there's no doubt that in America right now, it has torn the country apart. America... From what we're being shown on the TV, on the news clips and what have you, is in a shitstorm right now. It really is. And you kind of have to look at Donald Trump and say, 
you know, was he that bad? Was Donald Trump as bad as they're all saying? I kind of think he isn't, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he is. I think Donald Trump gets a bad rap sometimes because uh, Donald is very outspoken, right? He, uh, he will just say things as he sees fit. And why shouldn't he? You know, the guy has been a, uh, he's been a success and a failure as a businessman. But look, at the end of the day, if we look at Donald Trump, he's super rich, he's super powerful in the business world. And uh, you kind of have to say that, well, he must have made a success out of something, right? He must have done something right. Um, but that being said, you can't run a country the same way you, you run your ballroom. It doesn't work that way. But um, I don't think Donald Trump is as bad as everyone's saying in terms of what he's done for America. He certainly created a lot of jobs in America. He reformed the judiciary system in America, the tax reform. Um, he did a lot for America. Um, and America's economy, even through COVID, um, did better than a lot of people expected like you know he done a lot better than people thought he would and he was in he's put in a tough situation i can remember when donald trump first uh went into office i think it was maybe about six months into it and then they had the the really bad floods and storms i think in and hurricanes in texas and florida and and carolina i think it was so he had a lot to combat with um and and it seems like whenever someone takes over the reins as being a leader, whether it's a prime minister of the UK, whether it's a president of America or whoever it is, they're always met with this barrage of shit. Uh, obviously, yeah, the big one, he was met with the whole, uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter, George, George Floyd thing, which is a different topic for another time. But um, it wasn't easy for him. There's no doubt about it. I don't think it's ever easy for any political leader. But he did create jobs and he did he did a lot for the working class of America. And I think that's something people kind of overlook sometimes with Donald Trump. Now, did he have his failures? Yes, he did. Um, and was Donald Trump very diversive? Yeah, he is very diversive. You, you know, people either love him, they either hate him. Uh, but one thing Donald Trump did do uh, by becoming the president of the United States is that he got people talking about politics that maybe necessarily before didn't talk about politics. You know, all of a sudden, it was interesting to become informed about what's going on in the political world. What What is Donald Trump doing? Why, why is he the president? You know, he got young people to actually take an interest in politics. Now, whether that was to go against him or, or vote for him, it's irrelevant. He got you to take an interest in what was going on. Um, but yeah, Donald Trump himself is a very, very diversive character. I think you'll either be on one side of him or the other, but um, yeah, it, it is interesting that this week, this past week, that the US Capitol went on to lockdown because um, Mike Pence went into the Capitol and it was basically the the signing off of the of the election, right? It's, it's, it's the signing off, it's basically dotting the I's, crossing the T's that it's all done, and then you can go and see inauguration. Uh, it didn't go smoothly. <laughs> it definitely didn't go smoothly. Um, Donald Trump uh, gave a speech to all of his followers, all the people that support him, and and what followed really was just a, a little riot in the Capitol, on Capitol Hill, and uh, people broke into the building. Yeah, a few people got injured, got really hurt. One woman was shot. Uh, I think 
a few police officers died. It was it was disgusting to see, and um, it was really not necessary. It really wasn't. I understand that if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you was very disappointed about the outcome, and I suppose really Donald Trump has only one of two ways he can go is that he can either you know take the high road and say you know what I can come back in four years and challenge for the presidency again which he could do or one of his family members could uh, for sure or he can take the low road and say you know what fuck this I'm going down in a blaze of glory and I'm going to stick it to him I think that's kind of the road he's gone down really um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong that's just kind of what he's done um, but really, yeah, Joe Joe Biden did come on the TV and he and he, he asked for the, the current president's help, Donald Trump, by saying, look, please get on the TV and speak to the, the people out there and say this isn't right. And uh, Donald Trump did speak, but he kind of did it in his own way, which he always does. And, uh, you know, he kind of went in favour of the mob. <laughs> uh, you kind of have to laugh because Trump, he just does it his way. Um yeah, yeah, and again, you can look at moments like that. Was Trump right? Was he wrong? I don't know. Like Trump does what he wants to do, like any of us would do. But you kind of feel that he picks and chooses his his moments sometimes, you know. And I, I guess with that being said, let's hope Joe Biden does well. I'm I'm kind of um, I'm kind of on on the same vein of other people that I've spoken to that I don't think Joe Biden will be president for long. I I do truly believe that he is going to step down as president and make way for someone else. Um, I I'm not a Joe Biden fan. I will be perfectly honest with you. I don't like him. I I think he's very seedy. I I think there's a lot more to Joe Biden than, than it's being reported, and uh, some people may not like that, but I just don't like him. Like there's a lot of video footage out there about Joe Biden. There's a hell of a lot of information out there about Joe Biden and his family, I might add. Um, if you do a few searches yourself, you'll find out about Joe Biden's son. And I'm not here to make accusations, but there are pictures out there uh, depicting Joe Biden's um, son and um, minors uh, uh, together. So, look, make of that what you will. I don't like Joe Biden I've never liked Joe Biden. I didn't like him long before Donald Trump come along. Because there was footage out there about Joe Biden. I think he's quite creepy. I really do. Um, just don't like him. Really don't like him. Um, and the other thing, I guess, with Joe Biden, is he mentally fucking, you know, sane? Is he mentally there? You know, he, on the campaign trail, he did some very, very questionable things. And for this guy to amass the amount of votes he did, is it is very questionable. It really is. Like, if Americans really, truly went out and voted for this guy, I have to question that choice. I really do. I guess the opposition is Donald Trump, but are you better off with Donald Trump than Biden? I mean, yeah, America have casted their vote, and I wonder if America will regret it. I really do. Are they going to regret putting Joe Biden in office? Because, uh... I don't know, you know, it's, we'll wait and see, hopefully Joe Biden will be great for America, but I'm not, I'm not a Joe Biden fan, and really, uh, with Joe Biden as leader, it really puts me off going to America, it really does, not that I will probably go to America again, I will, I will visit America, I'm sure, but it, with Joe Biden as leader, 
I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I'm just not I'm I'm not saying I'm pro Trump. I'm just saying I don't like Joe Biden. I, r I really don't. Their country, America does seem to be in a bit of turmoil at the minute. It does seem devastated. Whichever way you look at it, and it's going to need a huge effort from Biden's administration to really put it right. And again, I I really don't see uh I don't see Biden being in office for a long time. I really don't. I think the writing is on the wall there for Biden. Um, I think he's there in name only. And I think he'll be lucky if he makes a full 12 months as president. I really do. But we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong. Uh, maybe he'll prove everyone wrong and he'll be the, the thing that America really needs. Um, I really don't agree with banning Trump from Twitter and social media. And people are going to be like, oh, this is a pro-Trump thing. And, and it's not. Yeah, Trump at the end of the day is at this point in time of recording this is the president of the United States and he has every right to his opinion, as we all do. Um I just feel that, you know, Trump I, I believe uh they banned him and he's kind of turned around and made the notion that he could make his own app, his own uh social media app and do that. And he, and look, he has the money to do it, right? He could easily do it. I think the thing is, if Trump is as bad and as dangerous and as evil as everyone claims, why would you want him off your platform? And yes, the comments he makes at times can be very controversial, they can be very diversive and what have you, but surely it's better to have uh, someone like Trump on an open platform like Twitter or Facebook rather than... Uh, send him away to another platform where perhaps they can't monitor him, where they can't check on what he's doing, right? Because if this guy is as dangerous as they're all saying, then uh, surely you want him out in the open. You don't want to push him into a corner where he might just turn around and say, well, I'll make my own app and I'll do this and I'll... And he'll do it his way, which he could easily do. Um, I don't think it's that smart banning him really truly because look if you're not a fan of donald trump if you if you don't like him and you don't support him you don't have to go on his twitter you don't have to listen to what he's saying um but it is, it is uh it is an interesting one and you know it leads me on to as well i i i'll close this uh segment off with uh arnold schwarzenegger i'm a huge arnold schwarzenegger fan um yeah that arnold is the reason that i train that i go to a gym and i I try and get a better body and what have you. And I'm a huge, I'm just a huge Arnold fan through and through. And um, Arnold recently posted a video up where he spoke about what's going on in America, and he, and he gave his own account of his own history and why it's so important that this doesn't happen to America. And it was really touching. And if you're on Instagram or you have access to you know to follow Arnold, then it's on all of his platforms, whether it's YouTube, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, what have you, it's all on there. And it would do people well to listen to what he has to say. It, it was very intelligent and well put out. So, and, and for me, look, if he was able to, I think Arnold would run and I think he would win. I think he would be the president of the United States. I really do, because uh, Arnold, for me, yeah, he's an action movie star and, 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 this, and he's bodybuilder and, and all that, but yeah, Arnold, truly has um quite an intelligent thought process about politics and where he would like to see america go he speaks a lot of sense and um that's really to me what america needs they need someone at the helm 
the speed sense that can get the job done. The I you know that, that's my my thoughts. I think Arnold, if he could be president, he would be. I think he'd do a great job. I really do, because um, he's passionate about it. He really wants to help the people. Uh, the the thing that stops him is he wasn't born in America, so he can't do it. But um, man, if he could, I think America would be in a better place. Maybe they should be more open to the idea of that. Because let's be honest, there's no no real true American out there. Everyone in America is an immigrant, really, and that's what always makes me laugh about America because everyone in America. You know, it seems to either have German, Irish, Italian, you know, what, whatever. You know, they have some family lineage that traces back to Europe. So there's no real true American that it doesn't exist, really. It always makes me laugh. So I don't know. You know, if you can have a reality TV star businessman like Donald Trump as your president, why couldn't you have um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the president of the United States, really? Because I think he'd do a good job. I really do. Um, but anyway, that's going to do us for this segment. Let me know what you think about it. Do you think uh, Donald Trump is as bad as everyone says? Do you think he should have got a second term? I think over Joe Biden, he should have done, definitely. But uh, it wasn't to be. So let me know. If you're watching on YouTube, drop me the comment. Uh, and if you're listening on another platform, tweet to me at chaps2311. And I'll be sure to check out what you say about the matter. So for a little change of pace, I wanted to talk about video games. Uh, myself, I'm a gamer. I like to play video games. Generally these days, um, I play on the Switch and on my phone. That's what I play on. Like, I do have a gaming laptop, but I don't really ever use it. Um, and I've played consoles in the past, obviously. Like I used to, believe it or not, I used to have a Let's Play channel on YouTube. So um, I've played just about most of the consoles. I don't really envisage myself getting a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox One X. I'm not too bothered about them. I mean, if I was to lean towards one or the other, it would probably be the Xbox One X. I, I prefer the Xbox over the PlayStation any day. Um, there's there's a multitude of reasons for that, but that, that's where I lean towards is probably Xbox. But I'm more than happy with my Switch, you know. I know that if you game on a PC, uh, the PC Master Race always comes out and they're like, we're more powerful than all of you. And you're right, you absolutely are. And uh, it is fun to game on a PC, it really is. I've, I've done it and it is incredibly fun. But... Uh, yeah, when consoles come out like PlayStation and Xbox, they always make this uh, this whole thing about who's better. They have a console war. That yeah, PlayStation is better, Xbox is better, and then inevitably, the PC master race comes along, and we're better than everyone, and that's fine. Um, whichever one you prefer, that's great. But um, you know, for me, I, I actually feel that the Switch is just better all around. Like it's just more fun. Like, when myself, my fiancé, and our daughter, we like to play a video game, it's on the Switch. Like, we can play Mario Kart or Mario Party or like whatever game she wants to play. And it's just fun. Like, that to me is good because it's family time and we get to play a game and it's cool. Um, I'm not interested anymore in really sitting down playing for hours on my own on a video game. I'm just not. You know, it's just... Uh, and I'm going to talk about something in a minute that could sway my decision, my choice of... Uh, another way around but um i'm just not like i don't have time for it my priorities are different now i work i go to the gym i'm I'm more centered around that 
and you know having a family i'm not really i don't get time to sit there and play video games all day long like i'm i, I try to work out to better myself and then we we do things to better ourselves as a family that's that's what we do i just i don't know but i think it's a part of growing up like i'm not saying you can't play video games when you get older but i think if you're prioritizing video games over your family or yeah, getting this new console over spending time with your son or your daughter, I think you got your priorities wrong. I really do. Um, that's just my stance on it. But with these consoles, everyone goes into a console war. This game's great. This you know, this system's great. What have you? And there's so much hype. But for me, I can remember years gone by, like getting you know, the Super Nintendo, the NES, what have you, and it just worked out of the box. There was no downloads on it, like because it didn't. It wasn't a thing. Like it worked out of the box, the game, the cartridge, you plug it in, and away you go. There was no update, there was no downloadable content. The game was there, right? You paid for the game and you got it, and it's just a great experience. Like it was a lot of fun, and like every single one of these systems that come out now, day one, there's an update, a huge, insane update for PlayStation or Xbox. It always is. And then you buy the game, you put the game in, and there's an update for the game. And I just always question nowadays, do these things even work day one out of the box? Like, why does there need to be this update straight away? Like, in years gone by, people used to test these things quite rigorously and uh, made sure they worked and operated correctly. But now it just seems like it doesn't happen. And it's such a shame. It leads me into a point with a, a game that had so much hype around it called Cyberpunk. And uh, I remember seeing the initial trailer for it years and years ago, and I was like, wow, this, this looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. And it's made by the same guys that made the Witcher series, Project Red, and everyone expected really big things from it. And then, sure enough, the game was getting closer to release, and they showed you a trailer featuring Keanu Reeves, and people got hyped because people like Keanu Reeves. And um, I thought, oh, wow, is it, I'm not going to get it. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> yeah, too much time has passed, but um, so be it. You know, and it come out and sure enough this game has so many glitches and problems with it and it's unplayable in some, in some regards and people have demanded their money back for it and the game has been taken off the online stores for purchase because it's just such a mess and you just kind of look at that and it's so disappointing because this game that's been in development for all these years and they've worked on it for so long for it to just you know go the way it's gone it's heartbreaking because it's just like people have waited a long time for this game and there's so much hype about it. like people i've spoken to like one of my friends he's a big gamer and he's saying to me this game's gonna blow people away it's gonna be great it's gonna revolutionize gaming it's gonna be huge uh, and he he sometimes makes fun of me because i play on the switch or i you know play a little game on my phone and in the end i just said to him you know what the games on the on the switch and on my phone work like, I play them and they work. Like, I've got some old classic games on the Switch, like Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. I've got games like Octopath Traveler, which is an incredible game, by the way. Things like Ace Attorney. And obviously things like Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart and et cetera, et cetera. And they're so much fun. I really enjoy playing them. And, like, if I want to play a new game on the Switch, I play it. And if I want to play an old retro game, I can do that too. And they also have their online service where you can play, you know, the NES and uh, Super Nintendo games and, and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. But I was just like, man, you, you, you saved up, you got this game, and really you got just a pile of shit. You know, it, it wasn't great, and it's, uh, 
it kind of makes me laugh with that because people hype these things up and they never deliver. They just never do. There's another game that came out a few years ago. I think it was Project Horizon. And it was the same kind of deal. It, the game was just broken. It was empty. It, it had nothing on it. Um, that leads me into as well, will Nintendo bring out a pro version of the Switch? And that's interesting. Uh, will they do it? I think they could do it. I think they could. And I think it would just be the same kind of thing that it's a Nintendo Switch, but it's a more high-powered version of it. Because I think even they recognise that there are certain games or series of games that they're missing out on. But in that same breath, they have such a vast catalogue of, of IPs that they can use for the Switch. So in that same breath, uh, I don't think they're too bothered. But will they bring one out? I think probably. Or the Switch 2 or whatever they want to call it. But I think there's there's every chance that they will. And I kind of hope they do, or the current system is able to play the game that I'm on about now, which is the Mass Effect remaster. Uh, Bioware come out last year and they said that they was going to be remastering the original trilogy of games, Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3. Mass Effect is my favourite game series ever. I love the games, it's set in space, it's sci-fi, it's you playing the role of Commander Shepard, getting a crew together and taking on the threat of the Reapers. This huge dominating uh, evil that wants to eradicate the universe and or the galaxy. And it's just an incredible story and it's really good. I know Mass Effect fans will uh, be on one side of it or the other, especially with, with Mass Effect 3 because uh, of the ending choice but look i really enjoyed it i love the games and i can't wait for the remaster to come and i think that's probably the only time you might see me go all right i really want an xbox now um to play these games because they're also talking about a fourth uh, mass effect game coming out a mass effect 4 or just a a new mass effect game um i think they showed an image with liara as an older woman in it, I, I don't know. I haven't really followed that much news about the next Mass Effect game, but Mass Effect Andromeda was such a disappointment for me as a Mass Effect fan. It was a, it was a good game, but it was just a disappointment in terms of what it was. But um, look, I can't wait for the Mass Effect remaster to come along. I hope it's playable on something like the Switch or if the Switch bring out a pro version or a more high powered version, hopefully they bring Mass Effect to that uh, system. I don't see why not really. There's a lot of games on there that run that are quite powerful. I think the Switch could handle it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, hopefully the Mass Effect series will do very well and hopefully it'll be very well received by gamers. Um, and that brings me into a little part of like, yeah, what games should be brought back or be remastered or what have you. Um, I, I thought about this for a little bit. There is a game series that I love as well. It's such a an interesting game series for a multitude of reasons. The darkness of it and the, the mental aspects of it is Silent Hill. I really, really enjoy the Silent Hill games. I specifically really enjoy the, the first four games from the original team, especially the first three games, which were incredible games. And uh, I think you could kind of lend itself to saying, I wish they would get remastered just with you know, more detail. But then maybe perhaps you lose some of the atmosphere if you start to really put a lot of detail in it because they tried a HD remaster with the first, with the Silent Hill 2 and 3 and it didn't really come across well. It wasn't very well 
received by the fans. But uh, I think Silent Hill is one of them series by the fans that is just so well loved and it would be great to see it come back. Uh, another game, I know um, Metroid Prime 4 is in the works, but just Metroid in general, I just love the Metroid games. They're so much, they're so much fun. Uh, other than that, really used to like Micro Machines. I love that game. Um, I'd love to see that come back in some sort of format. How about Brutal Legend with Jack Black? Anyone remember that one? That was actually a really, really fun game. Things like that and Shadow of the... Uh, sorry, not Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Damned, I want to say. Um, by Suda51, Suda I want to say, or Suda41. Uh, I can't remember the studio name, but it's it's one of them. Uh, and they made Lollipop Chainsaw as well. But I really like those games. Like Shadow of the Damned was a, a great game. And the game series I would love to see come back, and I, I think a lot of fans of this series hope and pray for it, is Monkey Island. Um, I love the Monkey Island games. Like I, I absolutely love them. I enjoy playing them. All the yeah, over and over again I've played those games and I just love them. I think now they're all available on Steam, which I can't play because my uh, unfortunately I, I own a gaming laptop, but it doesn't work right now. So um, <laughs> I would love to sit down and play those games, but I can't. Uh, but I love the Monkey Island games. Let me know, though, what games you would like to see come back. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about a little bit about gyms shutting down and what impact they've had on people like myself and people that go to the gym. I'll see you for that one when we return. So I wanted to talk about Jim shutting down and this kind of also leads back into the whole COVID, COVID talk that we spoke about uh, earlier on in this episode. But I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. We're talking about gyms and gym shutting down. Like the gym is a very central part of my life. You know, I'm a qualified trainer. Um, I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy trying to achieve the body that I want. I, I just enjoy it like it's a good time for me. I enjoy working out. I enjoy getting gains and, and training hard and getting the results that I want. And for me, I think this leads into the big question, should gyms remain open? Really? Um, yeah, I've talked to a, a number of people about it. There's a number of people that I talk to in the gym and, and through different gyms as well. And uh, I think they should. I think absolutely they should. And I don't say that because I go to a gym. I say that because this once again leads into people with mental and physical health conditions. Um, myself included, uh, I suffer with, I have uh, spinal stenosis. That's what I have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that uh, can be quite damaging. You know, I, I suffer with pain every single day in my back and in my spine. Um, some days are better than others. But I always suffer with pain. It's a daily thing. And I've just learned to kind of deal with it, really. Uh, and for me, going to the gym, and sure enough, I go to the gym to try and get the body I want. And for anyone that's seen my personal YouTube account, you've seen what I do. Um, that That's all part of it. But the, the main part as well for me is exercising. So I relieve the tension and pain in my spine and try and help myself as best as possible. So it's not always just about getting gains and wanting to get big and strong or get looking to get lean and fit. It's about also someone's physical health as well as mental health. It really is. Um, for me, I can only speak about my point of view from it, but I don't get when the, when the government will turn around and say, go get exercise, but yet all the gyms are shut. You're not, you're, not many people are going to want to go out and run around the park when it's freezing cold. 
and not many people can really achieve the goals they want by running around in a park. They just can't. Like, yeah, we go out and walk the dogs, we we do all those things, but um, in terms of exercise, I get that done by going into the gym, lifting weights, that's what I do, that's how I do it. I can't do it any other way than that. That's just me personally. Um, so I think the government have got that incredibly wrong. And let's be honest, uh, everyone that was in gyms when they was reopened, none of us went down with COVID. None of us. Um, you're literally touching something that's dirtier than if you... Look, free weights, it's been said that they're, I think, about a thousand times more dirty than if you used to put your hand around a toilet bowl. That's how dirty some of it can get. And yet we're fine. You know, it's because you clean your, you clean the equipment before and after, and you clean your hands. You wash your hands. You sanitize afterwards, right? That that I think that will become the new normal in a gym anyway. It should be the the new normal anyway, but um, I don't know. I think they should uh, reopen. And while we're on the subject of talking about gyms and the fact that they're still shut, which I think is is stupid, uh, Mister Olympia happened in December last year. Normally it happens a lot earlier, it normally happens around September time, but it got cancelled, then it was rescheduled to December, and generally speaking it happens in uh, in Vegas, but they relocated it to Florida this year, uh, for one reason or another, but that's what they did, and in the end, uh, Big Rami ended up winning his first Mr. Olympia title, which was awesome, I'm, I'm a big, big Rami fan, I like the guy, and... Um, I spoke about it on my personal YouTube channel about Big Rami. He actually didn't earn enough points to qualify for the Mr. Olympia. He missed that. And he missed that as well because he actually tested positive for COVID. Now, and he he, he ended up missing um, a qualification show. So he, could, he couldn't qualify. But the Mr. Olympia uh, issued him a wildcard entry to last year's Mr. Olympia and look the guy ended up winning he looked great he looked phenomenal so many congratulations to him but I gotta be honest um I'm not a big fan of the whole wild card thing I don't like it I've never liked it in any sport I'm just not like the only exception I would ever make to someone is if they'd won the show or won the championship before and if they wanted to re-enter it or defend their championship because they was last year's champion, that's fine. But I, I think that's totally fine. But I think when the fact is that you didn't qualify and you've never been a champion before, I think, you know, it's kind of touchy ground sometimes about the whole wild card thing, should they be in or should they not. But look, I'm pleased for the guy. I, I like him. I think he's a, a great champion. I think he'll do very well. I think he could go on to win a few more Mr. Olympias. I think he could go on to win another two or three. Uh, we'll see though. Uh, you know, every year the Mr. Olympia seems to uh, showcase someone new that is in just incredible shape and incredible conditioning. But congratulations to him. Uh, I'm obviously a huge fan of bodybuilding. You know, it's what I kind of cater towards my style of training. Although I'll be honest, like we've all put on a few COVID pans <laughs> over the last few months. But to get, you know... I was just starting to get somewhere when the gym reopened and they go and show it again. So thanks for that, Boris. Um, but look, when they reopen, I'll be hitting the gym hard and looking to get the results that I want. Yeah, I'm obviously a big fan of people like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I'm a huge fan of Arnold. Uh, he's the main reason that you know I, I got into lifting weights because I wanted to look like Arnold. It was that simple. 
Uh, also a big fan of people like Lee Priest. Um, but I have to say, uh, a few people I've gone off of um, in terms of bodybuilding, I'm not a huge fan of Callum Von Moger. I think he's one arrogant prick. And I think... I, I don't say I've gone off him completely, but I don't like the people he associates with. I don't like what he's become in the fitness world right now is Bradley Martin. Like, I do have uh, a lot of BM Fit gear, like some of the shirts, the hats, and what have you. And look, Bradley, as a person, he knows his stuff, he knows what he's talking about. But some of the people that he's hanging around right now are very, very questionable. And they really tr kind of, in my opinion, drag his whole, his whole brand and his whole image down. And in a business where image is everything, it's very questionable what he's doing. Like, it's just... Uh, yeah, you kind of want to say to Brad sometimes, what the fuck are you doing, man? Because it's just stupid. But, um, yeah, that's my little thought, thought process on gyms and uh, I guess the Mr. Olympia as well. A little bit of a ramble and a rant in there, but uh, that's my thoughts on it. I think they should be open. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be open. So, uh, Boris, get the fucking gym open. When we come back, our last topic for this episode, we're going to discuss... The Justice League, the uh, Zack Schneider cut. So join me for that. So as we uh, close off this episode of the show, I thought we'd talk about a little bit more about something entertaining, the uh, Justice League Zack Schneider cut. It was something that people talked about for a long, long time. Uh, Zack Schneider talked about it himself and it was like a bit of a, a myth like is it real does it exist can we ever see it will it happen and uh look eventually the Zack Schneider cut become like a a trending tweet and eventually Warner Brothers just can't I don't really know the ins and outs of it but I guess Warner Brothers just kind of listened and they was like Joe what here's a bunch of money go out and make that movie right and sure enough Zack Schneider has been able to create this movie it's not just a movie though it's going to be shown initially on hbo max i think there'll be a dvd released of the uh, zach schneider cut i'm not too sure uh, where it's going to be shown in the uk yet because obviously we don't get hbo max but i'm sure someone's going to pick it up because it's a it's a pretty big deal it's going to be pretty cool uh because the justice league by zach schneider is apparently going to be a four-part shown on hbo max instead of just showing one big movie for four hours they're gonna literally split this down into four episodes so you can watch it an hour at a time which i think is a good idea to be perfectly honest because even snack schneider said a long time ago i don't get how you make the justice league an hour and a half or a two-hour movie because it's such a big movie it at least needs to be like three to maybe four hours long which I think is probably right, because when you look at the Avengers films, they're, they're big movies, they're huge, long movies, and they're very enjoyable. And I think if you cut a movie down, like if you used to cut Endgame down by an hour, you would lose so much. And like Endgame is such an incredible film, but the same, the same premise is there with Justice League, because Justice League has so many big characters and there's so much story to tell in that one movie, that I don't think you get it done in like two hours. I think you lose so much. And uh, apparently the the Snyder Cut is going to be rated R, so it's going to be a little bit more brutal. It's going to be a little bit more gritty, and I think that's good. I think that's what Justice League should be. I think as much as Marvel and the Avengers lends itself to being more colourful and bright, and there are some very dramatic and sad and impactful moments across the 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 whole MCU, 
I think it's true to say that the DC EU is a grittier, darker um, kind of story, especially when you look at characters like Batman. Right, Batman is supposed to be dark and broody, and Superman, I guess, is supposed to be more light and colourful and bring balance to the league. And you and there's a, a plethora of characters within the league that really haven't been looked at yet. I think it's I think it's gonna be awesome. Like I'm I'm really pumped up for the Snyder Cut. I think it's gonna be good. I hope it's gonna be good. Um and people have already started comparing the new cut to the original. Uh just based upon the little teaser trailers that have been shown, you know, the art style, the direction of it, and how it might be presented. So I think it's gonna be interesting. It's certainly shaping up to be something really cool, something really interesting because there were moments in the original Justice League that I watched it and it just seemed to me that there were certain things missing or certain things cut and it and it just didn't some of it just didn't make sense like the flow of the movie was lost and I just thought that's a shame and obviously now there's a ton of footage that's going to be shown in this movie and there's a ton of additional footage that's been recorded for the Snyder cut which is great and uh the fact that Zack Snyder was able to bring in uh, so many different actors to come back in and and recall different lines and different dialogue. Yeah, he got Ben Affleck back in. I think Henry Cavill, most of the cast he got back in to record some additional dialogue, as well as getting in people that he will introduce, like the Joker. Uh, Jared Leto's uh, Joker will be in the Snyder Cut, which is awesome. I can't wait to see how that plays off because look, some people really didn't like Jared Leto's Joker. Obviously, Joaquin Phoenix did the Joker film, which was incredible, just an, an incredible film. I didn't think Leto's version of the Joker was bad, but I thought the actual presentation of the Joker was bad. Yeah, he had these like grill teeth, he had all these tattoos, and I just thought, mm, I don't know if people were going to accept that. Because when you think of the Joker with Batman, you kind of get an image of Nicholson, Ledger, and even Joaquin Phoenix. Like They all kind of lend themselves into that whole uh, character of the Joker. Um, as a side note, for me, my favourite portrayal of the Joker outside of Jack Nicholson is actually um, Mark Hamill from the animated series. And obviously from the Arkham video games, he plays the Joker in those and they're incredible. But his portrayal of Joker, I kind of imagine that's how the Joker always used to come across in the comics, right? Like that's how he would be. So I love I love Hamill's portrayal of the Joker. And um I didn't think Leo did a, a terrible job as as Joker. I just think the probably the direction they went with presenting the Joker was terrible. So it'll be interesting, and apparently the Joker is going to get a little bit of an overhaul in his presentation for the Snyder Cut. And look, I I really I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the Joker. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Darkseid. You know, he didn't really ever uh, get a proper introduction into the Justice League, and this is a huge character. This is going to be probably their Thanos, right? And they just they just kind of messed it up and it and you kind of question why they did that apparently yeah I, i'm just looking here because i wrote a few notes down I, I always have notes prepared um iris west who is the flash's love interest will be in this film and we know this from the the teaser trailer that she's going to be there and it'll be interesting where they go with that because again 
it felt like with the Flash and Cyborg, there was so much missing from that. Like their stories kind of just got overshadowed in favour of more uh, focusing on yeah Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And I get why, because right now they are the franchise players of DC, and that makes sense. But at the same time, you kind of need your audience to understand who Cyborg are, who the Flash are, if they're not watching the Flash TV show. I think people kind of know more about the Flash than they do Cyborg, so you kind of need to spend a bit of time on the Cyborg, really. Um, apparently, there was a lot cut from uh, Lois Lane in the original Justice League film. Now, Zack Snyder has said that his original intention was that Lois Lane would be killed in Justice League, and he said that's probably not going to happen in the Schneider cut now. He said, but originally that was one idea he toyed around with to see what dynamic that would give Superman. And uh, I think it had been an interesting way to go. But I don't really want to see Lois Lane get killed off either. Like, I, I love Superman as much as I love Batman. But um, again, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And again, you have characters like Alfred Pennyworth, played by Jeremy Irons, and Jim Gordon, played by J.K. Simmons. And both are incredible actors, and both just didn't really have anything in Justice League. And you just feel that for two central characters there that are so pivotal to Batman and what Batman is about, they needed to be there a little bit, you know? And it didn't really happen. And of course, Amber Heard has apparently come back to uh, film additional footage for Mirror, who, you know, in Aquaman. And Aquaman, I have to say, uh, was an incredible movie, an incredible standalone movie. They really did a good job of it. Uh, Willem Dafoe will be in the film as Volko. Um, you know, I always felt that Willem Dafoe would make an incredible uh, Joker. I really do. I think he'd make such a great version of the Joker, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, and they've, Snyder's also said that Steppenwolf will be more frightening in the Snyder cut this time around. Like, I think, I think, yeah, because I think Steppenwolf, you know, he's a good villain, but he just. I don't know, in the original Justice League, he just come across as a bit of a bitch, you know, he just, he got destroyed easily at the end, and it's just like, eh, not impressed with that, like, if it's going to be a Justice League film, the villain should be at least a little bit difficult to put down, right, he, it shouldn't be that easy, and of course, uh, we have Lex Luthor and Deathstroke will be in the Snyder Cut, and I'm looking forward to that, like, Lex Luthor was absent, from Justice League, just totally absent. It's just like, that shouldn't be happening. It was because of Lex Luthor that th this was happening. Like, he he had already foretold that the bell had been rung and they were coming. And and yet, in Justice League, he's nowhere to be found. He's just disappeared. The, the greatest criminal mind of the 21st century wasn't there. And it's just, what, what the fuck? Where is Lex Luthor? So I'm glad Eisenberg, will, his part will be there. I... And again, Eisenberg, he got so, so fucking ridiculed over his portrayal of Lex Luthor in uh, Batman versus Superman. And look, I think Jesse Eisenberg, he does, he's not bad. He's not a bad actor. At the same time, you kind of have to remember when you're an actor, you're portraying the role that the director and, you know, that they want you to, that they want you to play. So I don't think he's that bad. I think it'll be interesting to see how he comes across in the Snyder Cut. And as well as Deathstroke. I think Deathstroke's an interesting character and certainly a very interesting character to go up against Batman. Now, 
Whether or not Ben Affleck will have any more interest in playing Batman after this, it seems like it's no. Uh, however, he is going to be in the 2022 movie of The Flash, as well as Michael Keaton. And that's something I will talk about probably next week, because that's a whole different topic. Because I am incredibly, incredibly excited for Michael Keaton's return as Batman. So I, I'll probably save that for next week, but... um. In terms of Ben Affleck, he's probably done with Batman after the Flash film. But we'll see. Like, He may have a renewed interest in portraying Batman after this. Because I think that... Look, with the DCEU, I'm, I was so excited for it. Because we had the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they did such a great job. And there's no... You can't knock what Marvel did. They did great. Now, my favourite superhero is Iron Man. And then after that, I'm a huge Batman and Superman fan. And look, with Iron Man, he was a central part of it. He was, in, you know, Robert Downey Jr. did incredible as Iron Man. There's no, you can't say anything but that. But um, I think when DC were doing their own thing with the movies, everyone got excited because it's like, wow, Marvel have got a rich uh, universe of characters and so have uh, DC. And it could be an opportunity to really introduce people to characters that they've never seen before, never heard of, or not seen for a long time. And uh, they kind of failed miserably, because they rushed it. And, and Warner Brothers definitely rushed to get Justice League out there. They didn't build it up right, and they're kind of paying the price for it. But I do feel as well that with the Zack Schneider cut, and with the Flash film being made, there is now an opportunity, I believe, to right some wrongs and put things right, and get the DCU back up and running again. I do think that's that's uh, a possibility. I think if this is handled right, and I, I feel that Zack Schneider will do a good job of it. Zack Schneider does have his criticisms. He's not perfect, but I've got a feeling he's going to do a good job of this. I really do. And I think if it is well received, then um, perhaps you know, there will be renewed interest in the Justice League. Some people are saying it won't matter either way. I think that's wrong. I think it will... I think Marvel needs competition as well. You know, let's uh, let's not rest on our laurels there. Let's not just uh, give the crown over to Marvel and be like that's all that it will ever be because it's not true. DC uh, are more than capable of making great, great movies from great great characters, and I think uh, the Snyder Cut will be. I think it will be good. I really do. I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, will it reignite the DCU? I think it already has. I think people are talking about it, people are excited about it, and I'm certainly one of those people. I love the DC universe as much as I love the Marvel universe. It's such a great uh, great cast of characters. So I think the other thing that, that I have to think about, will other movies follow this trend? So if a movie becomes too big, for just a cinema release, like maybe it would still get its theatrical release, but would they also think about um, putting a movie? So let's say in hindsight, let's say Marvel decided to make another Iron Man film, and let's say that Iron Man film was I don't know two 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 and a half hours long in the cinemas, but then let's say there's all this additional content, additional footage they filmed that they just couldn't use, and that made that film four hours long. Why wouldn't they put that on Disney Plus and put it on as a a four part, a four par like the Snyder Cut? I think it's a a thing that could happen. I think certainly, because people are not going to the cinemas, they're not going to the theaters right now to watch films. But I think that could be a thing, 
and it, it elongates the story it gives people more content to watch it makes it more interesting and you start to learn more about the characters that you're watching and you see a, a huge story starts to evolve and i think that could be a thing um I think it's definitely a thing that could be explored. You know, HBO Max are going to have Wonder Woman. They're having the Snyder Cut. And I think, you know, if if it creates a lot of interest, and I, I don't see any reason why in the future that couldn't happen. Uh, I think people will go back to the theatres, but I, I don't know if they, they're going to be the popular destination that they once were. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting if Marvel do use that kind of template as well, where they make a film and perhaps release a longer film or or you know an episodic version of that film on disney plus with their marvel series um i think there's a lot of hype for the snyder cut and it's and it could really change how uh different companies make their superhero franchise i think so let me know what you think if you're watching on youtube if you want to tweet at me go ahead and let me know what you think um of the Zack Schneider cut. Are you interested in it? Are you going to be watching it? I am. I think it's going to be great. Guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of the show. I hope you enjoyed. I'll be back next week for episode three. But until then, again, if you want to drop me any comments about what you've heard or what you'd like to hear discussed, then let me know about it and I'll uh, I'll check it out for sure. Guys, thank you so much again for watching, for listening, and I will see you in the next one.